Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. And if you believe in them, but you're still not believing in yourself, the more you believe in them, hopefully helps you believe in yourself as well. I know that seems like quite a bit of a mindset shift and it takes a bit of time to let that sink in. But I hope opening that question is something that's helpful for you. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Hello, this is the Women Who Code podcast. My name is Sammy Walker Herrera, pronouns she, her, and ella, and I am founder of Speak Y'all, a public speaking coaching and career confidence training organization. This today's talk is going to be on three mindsets that may be holding you back from confident speaking. I work with about 60 plus leaders in organizations like Amazon, Google, Oracle, Microsoft, Snap Inc., and Scotiabank in helping folks build their speaking confidence and reach their next career level. So I may ask you, wouldn't it be nice if you were able to speak up in meetings, address your concerns with a supervisor or even someone on the C-suite, and finally submit that conference presentation to women who code and be so excited to speak? I really hope that's something that you're looking forward to. But I also know it's not as easy to say, not as easy done as said. It's not always that easy. A lot of things can get in our way. Sometimes that's how we view ourselves or how we talk about ourselves, what we can contribute, what we know, how we can help other people. And even if we don't feel like we belong in the spaces that we're interested in speaking up in. So I would love to dive into these mindsets and really normalize what you may be feeling as a woman in tech, as a woman who codes, and really see not only that you're not alone, but how we can start addressing these mindsets. So let's dive into number one. And that first one that I hear very consistently from folks of all genders and folks from all different levels, whether they are entry, mid-level, senior level, the executive suite as well, is I'm shy or I'm an introvert, which usually translates to I don't want to be the center of focus. I don't want to be in that spotlight. What I like to think about regarding shyness is that shyness is something that someone can have regardless of their personality type. So there's, pro- there's so many articles, so many podcasts, so much media regarding extroversion and introversion, right? And there are extroverts who are shy. That may be surprising to you if you're an introvert or an ambivert. And there are extroverts who they don't like being in the spotlight. They like being around where the action is, but maybe they don't want to be the main person in that moment. They don't want to be the one speaking out or speaking up at that time. Also, when you think about introverts, whether you're an introvert or not, You think of some folks who maybe they take a little bit more time to warm up to new folks or in new environments, but you see them chatting, laughing, gesturing, being huge talkers, big speakers when they're around people that they're comfortable with. I've seen many introverted leaders who feel very comfortable leading their teams, leading their peers and colleagues because they've built really strong relationships with them. And in building those relationships, Shyness is often related to having a really excellent listening ability, which I see as a very underrated speaking skill. When folks are speaking 
They want to know that not only were they heard, but they were understood as well. And many people who may be a bit more shy, may be a bit more in the background, often are very much listening to make sure that they understand the emotional tonality, they understand what the next steps are. And that is something that understanding those key underpinnings of what makes humans tick or what moves an organization forward can often help someone be a really strong speaker. When I think about that sense of feeling shy, I think about someone that I worked with named Julia, who described herself as extremely shy. She described herself as an introvert, someone who is not good at public speaking, extremely shy. And I could see that in some of her speaking, because, for example, she had a very quiet voice at a very low volume, kind of like this. She also had many filler words, so kind of stammering or stumbling in her speaking, that more of that nervous energy or nervous look to her face as well. And she decided to work on her public speaking because her goal was to have a lot more of that dynamic presence to really be considered a leader in her organization, especially because she worked at a government agency that was not only male dominated, but also related to global crime, where they needed that strong tonality of certainty when she was presenting her reports. So you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I speak super softly. Or you might be thinking, do I speak super softly? I don't even know. Oftentimes, we're very afraid to hear our own voices. We're afraid to listen to the recordings of Zoom meetings where maybe we're leading or even participating. That's totally normal and that's totally fine. You might not know if you have that softer voice unless you've gotten feedback from some other people. And so what I want to do is teach you a practice to practice building the range of volume in your voice, because there's nothing wrong with having a softer voice when what you're talking about demands a softer voice. Maybe you're talking about, and I was tiptoeing very quietly to the next office because we had the surprise birthday party. Makes total sense to have more of that whispering or that lower tone versus I was chased by a bear kind of loud volume you might need to really communicate that experience. So my recommendation to practice your, vo your voice and to practice your volume is to pull up, pull out a book. You might see this book here and to read out loud a couple of the pages at a louder volume. So maybe for a page you speak at your regular volume, something like, let's see, let's flip to a random page here. NACE defines career readiness as the attainment and demonstration of requisite competencies that broadly prepare college graduates for successful transition into the workplace. Now, you read through that book page for a little bit. The goal is now to try speaking at a nine or a 10. So maybe you felt your voice was at a three in volume or a five in volume. Again, this is not quality. This is just volume of your voice. We'll try for that nine or 10. And you may also be thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to yell. I have roommates or I have my partner is sleeping, things like that. Well, practice on your own and just practice that louder tone. That nine or 10 could be, the attainment and demonstration of requisite competencies that broadly prepare college graduates. Building that range to test out what your voice could sound like at that higher volume. Again, if you've gotten feedback that you have a lower volume voice or that you sound quiet, you sound unsure, 
even if you sound unsure or you feel like you stumble a bit what you're speaking, often just raising your voice can cut out a lot of that stumbling because you just feel and embody a lot more of that confidence. So my recommendation is try that nine or 10 level. And if you're not sure you're nine, 10 or 10 level, amp it up a couple more levels as well and see how that feels. It's not about correcting a too quiet voice. It's about building that range of volume so that you're able to use that in your reporting and your storytelling as well. So that first mindset, again, being shy, being introverted, that is one that really prevents a lot of folks from feeling like they can speak up at all. So now you may be speaking louder or you're practicing speaking louder a couple of times a week by reading your favorite book, but maybe you don't know what to talk about. Maybe you don't speak up because you're not sure what you should talk about at all or what your expertise is. And so the number two mindset I see a lot of women, especially using to hold themselves back or that holds someone back from their public speaking is, I don't have anything new to say. That is a mindset really holding back a lot of professionals. And it's funny, in the world of ChatGPT and so many more AI tools that help us build out copy or build out things to say, help us structure conversations or conference presentations as well. There's a lot of conversation regarding originality, regarding ethics, regarding researching where you're getting certain information. And the goal is not to lie. The goal is not to make something up so you have something 100% original or 100% new to say. This one quote from Jean-Luc Godard really resonated with me when I was building this presentation and thinking about not having anything new to say. Because artists often talk about that sense of copying, of stealing, of building upon other people's work, of being on the shoulders of giants. And what Jean-Luc Godard said is, it's not where you take things from, it's where you take them to. So for anyone here who's listening or watching, your perspective is new. Your tone is new. The lesson that you learn from a certain experience that maybe hundreds of other folks experienced, that is new as well. And that is worth listening to. One exercise I did with a client named Sabrina was share random images from a random image generator site. And you can imagine the complete randomness of any image there. Some of them are AI generated, some of them are art pieces, some are very odd photos out in the world. And what we do is we look at a couple, we look at a photo for a few seconds. And then I asked Sabrina to come up with a message that's not more than 10 words. If someone has a message that's over 10 words, it's very easy to get lost or it's easy to forget what that message is. So for example, Nike's motto, just do it, very easy to remember. For example, let's say that we get an image, a randomly generated image, of a dusty light bulb with a cat paw print on it. So I'll have you think. So even without seeing this image, whether you're like on YouTube and you still can't see it, whether you're just thinking about it, again, a light bulb that has a cat paw print on it, I want you to think of what message might come to you. And I'll give you a couple seconds to think of that message. Now, if nothing comes to you, 
that's totally okay. That's why this training exists, because it's a muscle that needs to be practiced to kind of build messages out of things that you see in your life, to build meaning out of the ordinary, to have a message that shares that new perspective. So here are a few ideas I came up with after looking at an image kind of similar to this, which is like, okay, eight lives left. Cats are a shining light in my life. Always leave your mark. Dust off the spotlight. Pause to relax. And there are lots of ways to play around the elements of that photo, right? The light, the mark, the dust, all of those things. And again, if that's not something that came naturally to you, that's totally fine. It's not something that comes naturally to most people. And that's why there's that practice with it. Public speaking doesn't come naturally to most people. And fantastic public speakers aren't always the people who naturally spoke very well. There's someone who realized they had a message they wanted to share and then built the skills to learn how to relay that message through spoken word. There are so many ways to take from something and take it somewhere new. Even if you feel like that experience isn't remarkable, isn't new, and isn't 100% original. That's okay. And so the last mindset I want to share with you, so number three from this talk, and you've probably heard about it, you've probably listened to other episodes of Women Who Code who talk about this as well, and that is, I don't belong here. They're going to find out I'm a fraud, or what's better known as imposter syndrome. And for myself, as someone who didn't have a technical background going into my undergraduate experience at Carnegie Mellon University, which is known as a big technical school studying psychology, I had to, within the first semester of attending the institution, really break through my own imposter syndrome feelings of, do I belong here? Is this the right campus for me? Am I going to be able to leave my mark even if I'm not doing a very technical type of major or technical types of activities? And I'm really glad that I was able to let go of that mindset after really thinking, you know what, I belong here. I'm able to make my impact in a completely different way. And now what I do is I make an impact still in the technical world, working with folks with the technical background on their speaking skills. So sometimes that journey is a bit longer than we may think it is, but it really takes us to where we need to go. If we believe in ourselves and kind of let go of that imposter syndrome as it pops up. And trust me, it's popped up more than <laughs> enough times in the past years since my undergraduate time at CMU. And it's something that, again, building a habit and building a muscle of addressing that imposter syndrome. So one way to flip that mindset regarding imposter syndrome is to think of your mentors, your supervisors, your sponsors, and other folks who've really believed in you and really championed you taking this path that you're taking in your career. The thing I ask you is, do you believe in their competence? Do you believe in their ability to judge someone correctly and make sure that they can take that next step? Because often folks who are in those levels above us, who are supporting us, who are helping us move forward in our career, they still are trying not to risk their reputation. They're making sure that they're connecting with folks who they really see strong potential in and who can really do that next step. And so that question I ask you is, do you believe in their abilities? And if you believe in them, but you're still not believing in yourself, the more you believe in them, hopefully helps you believe in yourself as well. 
I know that seems like quite a bit of a mindset shift and it takes a bit of time to let that sink in. But I hope opening that question is something that's helpful for you as you begin that journey or continue on your journey of addressing imposter syndrome. I worked with someone named Jia who she started looking for a speaking coach after her maternity leave and right as she was starting a completely new role in project management. In that experience, she was really thinking, oh my gosh, okay, new job. I am transitioning from that maternity leave experience. I don't know if it's going to be too much to also start coaching at the same time. So she took some time to really think about it. And what she realized was, I want to have a different impression at this new organization than I did at my previous organization. And she just had described that she felt like she was known as someone who was really shy, someone who didn't speak up that much, and someone who had that more quiet voice and tone, kind of like we talked about before. And she decided, you know what, this is the perfect time to start coaching, even though I have so many things going on, because I really want to set that new first impression where people know her and her presentation as a confident person from day one. And she decided that within this experience, I really want to address my imposter syndrome in a big way. There's a really fantastic book, if you're a person who loves book recommendations, called Own Your Greatness. Again, the book is Own Your Greatness by Drs. Lisa and Richard Orbe Austin. And what they say is, when you believe in another's competence and give them the benefit of the doubt, you can believe in your own competence. And what that brings to me is that you're able to make more of that shift, more of that mindset shift that says, I can start believing in myself. I don't have to fake it till I make it. I can just be who I am. One of the biggest counters to imposter syndrome, something that destroys or deteriorates imposter syndrome significantly is having a support system. So looking back to your mentors, your sponsors, your supervisors who were really there for you, I recognize, especially with many years of career coaching in my belt or in my toolkit as well, is job search stress, interview performance, fear of public speaking. All of these topics are very emotionally charged. They can be stressful. They can cause tears and a lot of emotion to come up, even at times where you don't expect it. It can really degrade your, your living. Uh, it can really degrade like your sense of being or well-being at that point. And they're just really topics that are hard to talk about. Maybe you don't feel comfortable talking to your current supervisor about it, or you're not sure your peers or your colleagues would fully understand. There are some people who are just more private people and they only let a couple of people know what's going on. And with that, that's okay to recognize as long as we're sharing a bit more of that stress. So that's not becoming shame because within shame, it becomes this endless loop of not feeling good enough and then feeling like other folks may be judging you without you even sharing with other folks. And so with that, Having that support system, again, of mentors, of sponsors, your own personal board of directors is what some people call them, or even a coach, someone who may be removed from your day-to-day -day life, who can give you a new perspective or give you some expert feedback to address your challenges, really helps tackle that mindset block because you're not leaving that shame, that stress in the dark. 
you're shining a light on it. Now that light might have a cat paw print on it, but it's still a very shining light. And it's one that can really help you address some of that shame and move past that mindset that you're not good enough and that you don't belong because you absolutely do belong and you absolutely deserve the chance to really put yourself and your skills in the most positive light. And so today we talked about those three mindsets that may be holding you back from confident speaking, especially the woman who codes. And those are the ways we talked about them are raising your voice. So practicing, literally raising your voice. Two, building messages into your day. You know, maybe you look at something, you look at some flowers outside and that makes you think of spring is coming or you look at a bunch of books and you think great practice equals great results. Even if it doesn't seem completely sensical, it's okay to build some of those messages into your life because it reminds you that you always have something new to say. And then lastly, really using your current support system and even building out your support system of folks who can really give you some more of that feedback that maybe you're not getting and so that you can start chipping away at any of the shame you feel regarding your career success, leveling up, public speaking fear, and other personal and professional development concerns. And so with that, I really thank you for the time in being part of the Women Who Code community. Again, my name is Sammy Walker Herrera, and you can find me on LinkedIn at www.speakyall.com and at speakyall on any of your preferred social media. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.